0: Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dream Job with Danielle Cobo. I am your host, Danielle Cobo, and today I have an extraordinary guest. Our guest today is Osato Shitu, an attorney by training. However, prior to finding the law and compliance, she was both an educator and a social worker. She has held positions throughout her career, such as chief legal and compliance officer, Medicare compliance officer, and compliance officer for one of New Jersey's largest urban teaching hospitals. In addition, She was in private practice as an associate in the Corporate Healthcare and Healthcare Privacy Practice Group. Osato is the principal and founder consultant of Comply by Osato. She's also a published author, TEDx speaker, aspiring stand-up comic, and a mother. Definitely a little bit to say the least, she is extraordinary, and I'm excited to have her as a guest today. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Danielle, for having me.
0: Well, I had the privilege of watching your TEDx, which was extraordinary, and it's such a unique message and inspiring message, and I'm going to include it, for those of you that are listening, I'll include it in the show notes so that you guys can tune in and watch it, but we're going to dive into a little bit about some of the, the discussions you have in your, in your TEDx. You talk about pretzeling, and I'd like for you to share with us what does pretzeling mean to you um, so that we can understand what that is.
1: Certainly. So when I use the terminology pretzel, what I mean is bending ourselves into different shapes in order to satisfy other people's needs and wants. Um, This to me becomes particularly evident when individuals are held to certain cultural mores um, related to race, class, gender, etc. So for me personally, I did a great deal of prep filling throughout my career and my life. So I am Nigerian, right? So with being Nigerian, um, I'm a Black woman. Uh, I, there are certain cultural expectations that I was required to hold, number one of them being uh, incredibly highly educated, right? Um, that is the Nigerian way of doing business, right? We're very limited in our options in terms of what we can and cannot do and what do I mean by that you had to be a something there was no I'm not going to college I'm not going you know it wasn't just you go to college you're going to get a master's and you're going to get some other higher level degree Then coupled with, um, you know, sort of gender norms and gender expectations of marriage and motherhood, um, that's a requirement or you're almost seen as a disappointment or failure. Um, So I have those buckets of cultural expectations. So I must bend and shape and, you know, turn myself into those things. Then coupled with that, it's the pretzeling as a Black woman in America, right? So there's certain um, places and, um, things that I'm allowed to say at my level, right? Um, and so working in predominantly white spaces, um, being me, the complete me, I got punished for that. So I had to make calculations on a daily basis, what I was going to wear, how I was going to talk, how I was going to wear my hair um, in order to fit those expectations and not be punished. Uh, so when I say pretzel, it's shaping yourself like a pretzel to fit other people's needs and wants. And so today we want a salted pretzel, but tomorrow they may want a burrito. And so then I have to change into a burrito because you know the outfit I wore today or the voice inflection that I utilize or the new extensions that I got did not fit white America's mold or I selected to separate from my husband. I happen to have married another Nigerian, okay so that's when I got reward because I was satisfying the cultural norms. Exiting from a marriage like that, one will get punished because culturally, you don't get divorced, right? Someone has to die in order for that marriage to separate. So that's the terminology, die, divorce, right? So again, on pretzeling, um, there's certain things that I like to do that maybe folks would think that's kind of bizarre, this like Black lawyer woman um, that's also Nigerian is doing that, right? So for example, I love Biggie Smalls, but I also love Nirvana, who knew, right? So Two of my favorites. My, exactly. I
0: introduced my kids to those.
1: Exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a teenager of the 90s, right? live here. Green Day and Tupac, right? So, but that's outside the box, right? I love crystals. I love chakras um, and, and that whole sort of other spiritual world. Um, and again, so those are outside the box of my professional lawyer, black woman, what put, put a label on it. Um, And so one, once one begins to unpretzel and figure out who they are and bring all of that to the table, it's felt with backlash, particularly when you look like me. So that's what I mean by pretzeling.
0: That sounds like a lot of pressure. I I would imagine that is a lot of pressure to put on yourself to fit certain molds, to put such high expectations and to constantly be questioning yourself of, am I saying the right thing? Am I wearing the right outfit? Am I doing the right thing? And there's already that pressure as itself being a woman in, in corporate America, but to add another layer of cultural expectations, um, that just sounds like so much.
1: Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head in terms of pressure. So I, I, coupled with being an attorney, I also have a master's in public health. um, And a great deal of the um, work that I did in the public health space really focused on the impact of social networks on um, women's health outcomes, particularly women of color. Um, And so when you're saying the pressures and the impact, I mean, there are numerous studies that have been conducted on birth outcomes for Black women, right? So they looked at similarly situated Black women and white women, right? And when I say similarly situated, same socioeconomic status um, in terms of level education, income, et cetera, but you had these Black women having incredibly poor health outcomes, like at the level of the developing world, which it should not be. We live in America. And so what social scientists and uh, medical professionals and public health professionals attributed that to was the pressure of operating as a black woman in America, right? So we, we don't even realize the extent of those calculations the, the extent that having to conduct those cal- calculations on a daily basis have on us, right? So I'm mentally calculating, okay, what am I going to say today? What I'm going to do? I'm going to wear my hair. Is he going to judge me? Oh my God, I cannot say this. I cannot come out like that. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I used to do this. I, I would push my baby in the stroller in my neighborhood and make sure the stroller was turned around in a way so they could see that that was a black child in there. So I was not the nanny. So I was not racially profiled pushing a baby down the street. So If I have to do all of that and then also show up to work and like do a good job, right? So because you know the saying, we have to work twice as hard to get to the same place as um, a similar situated white woman. So I'm going to stay at work till four o'clock in the morning, which I did used to do when I was nine months pregnant and take the car service home from New York City to New Jersey and be back at the office at 9 a.m. I did all of that of course I'm going to have high blood pressure, have a stroke and die at 45. It's like, I'm like, why are you guys having this as the public health analysis? It's very straightforward. Um, and so the pressure, uh, Danielle, you, you hit it on the head, has significant impacts. It's a lot. And my message now, because I've unpretzeled and I refuse to pretzel because this is me, love me or leave me, um, is to spread that message to others, right? It's, you have to unpretzel. You gotta be you regardless of the punishment.
0: I think, I think as, as a woman and as a mother, and in corporate America, where it's, you know, we're, we're shifting, and I think of, we're shifting into women having more of a presence in corporate America. And then to add a whole nother layer to the pretzeling just because of the way that you look mm-hmm. and the pressure that puts on you I it, you're spot on where I mean that pressure is going to affect every aspect of your mental and emotional well-being All so day every day. so what advice would you give to women to black women out there that are pretzeling that are feeling that can relate to how you're feeling right now because I know they are what advice would you give to those women
1: Well, I mean, it's sort of, it's multifaceted, Danielle. Um, So I would say step number one, you have to spend time with yourself, right? So you have to understand in this very point in time, who is it that you are, right? So if you've pretzeled so much, right, that you literally have back pain, because I used to have back pain from the pretzeling. If you've pretzeled so much, you don't even know how you look standing up straight, we have a ton of work to do right so that is step number one for a level of self-awareness oh i've been pretzeling my whole life is set up in a way for other people right um, and so that is a dedicated, intentional effort one must have, right? So it's, I'm spending 10, 15 minutes a day. You know, we're going to start small, right? Because <laughs> I know it's a radical thought process, right? Um, as simple as it sounds. I'm going to spend that that few moments every day figuring out, well, who am I, right? Because I've just gone so far off the deep end in terms of, um, letting go of myself and letting other people shape my, my shape me. Once we've done that, once we've spent that time, once we've become intentional, it is a willingness to be in alignment on a daily basis. And it's little baby steps with what our real true right livelihoods are. And then also accepting and being okay with it might look completely different from what you've set up right now right so when i think of professional black women like myself when i'm saying professional you're a you're a doctor you're a lawyer your accountant you are a high school principal whatever the case may be these were all things you checked the box right they said um you know in order to be a successful black person in america you must be a x right? Because that is when you are rewarded. That's when you think, um, you know, you can live in that neighborhood, you can drive that car, people are not going to racially profile you. But guess what? When the police are coming, they don't say, oh, don't shoot her. She's a lawyer. No, (laughs) I'm still a Black woman in America. So if that is the case, Shouldn't I be who I'm supposed to be? Whatever that might look like, right? And I'm not saying you got to put the lawyer bucket down. We can mold that into all of the other pieces of ourselves. Why is it the lawyer piece is the one that people get excited about, right? It's because that makes people feel comfortable. Oh, good You have a law degree. So what? Who cares? There's 8 million lawyers in the world. That's not what makes me special. That's not my shine right? Um, and so we got to understand who we are and what our shines are. Um, and and in order to start to unpretzel, unpretzel and stand up straight, right? Because I always like to say, today they want a pretzel, tomorrow they want a burrito. Can you turn yourself into a burrito? And what if they want pizza the next day? Like, what are you going to do? You cannot continue to flex and shape at the whims of other people. And as we continue to do that, we recognize that we are just you know, subject to everybody's external forces. Why? Because we're not centered and you only get centered when you know you, right? Because whatever else is happening outside of you, it can't move you, can't shake you. You want to act a fool today? That's on you. Doesn't bother me. I know who I am, right? But, and I'm saying this and it may sound flippant to someone who, this is a new message, but this is a six-year journey for me. Right. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just getting to the space. Love me or leave me. You know, you, I I won't curse on your podcast, Danielle, but I I do have a potty mouth. Um, you know, but that's where I am right now. You don't love like, keep it moving. I bring my completeness to the table. You want to punish me for it. You're not my people. Keep it moving.
0: We'll be right back to today's episode. As a working mom, wife and mother to twin thrill-seeking boys, I know firsthand what it feels like to be burnt out and feel overwhelmed. I had a hard time shutting my brain off at night and during the day I was exhausted. That's why I shifted my lifestyle and started utilizing ketones into my daily routine. What I love most is that this is a drink versus a diet. Being a working mom, I wanted to find a solution that was simplistic to follow yet very effective. The benefits I found was increased energy, improved focus, mental clarity, better mood and sleep, and eliminated the cravings for carbs and sugars. Ultimately, fat loss. Start your 10-day challenge by going to dreamjob.challenge.com. You can also find the link in today's show notes and start with a savings of $31 off. Now back to today's episode. That authenticity is courage. And strength. And it's a journey to get there. You've shared your journey. And it, as you said, it's taken six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get to a place where you feel like you can be who you are, wh- you know, as the lawyer, as the businesswoman, wearing your Doc Martins, listening to Nirvana and Biggie, um, all within one, and just owning every part of you is incredible. Absolutely. And it's what I think a lot of women strive to be, but have a hard time unpretzeling. Mm-hmm. So we talk about unpretzeling and I think it, it's such, so valuable, your message, because there's a lot that you share today in our conversation that, you know, as a woman who is white, who has blonde hair, who's this stereotypical um, woman sometimes and and the perceptions of me is there's a lot of things that maybe I don't, you know, you don't know about some of the expectations and pressures that are put on me and I don't know about you. And it's when we truly understand and listen to other, what other people go through, that's when we get to come together and have these open and honest conversations and come together to move forward, to get to a point where we see each other for the beauty that we are Inside, Mm -hmm. so what advice would you give to you know you have put together such a powerful message for women for the Black women community and saying this is how you unpretzel be aware of it be yourself be authentic. Well, what advice would you give to to women that can support the Black community and support the Black women in there? Because at the end of the day, we all want all women to rise all women to rise and to, to make their stance.
1: I mean, Danielle, you ask a really great question and it's a difficult question and it's a super sensitive question for me. Right. And so the reason I say it's super sensitive, um, you know, particularly, Um, in this, and I will never call it post-racial because it's not post-racial, but I would say there's a heightened level of awareness regarding race relations in America, right? Um, And that was because, just keep it real, we were quarantined. There was nothing to do. So I'm going to watch the videos of people killing Black people, okay? And so now that there was this sudden push to, okay, we must solve race relations today. it's like, um, ma'am, it's, it's, It's been, this like 500 years of stuff that has happened that y'all have not dealt with. So no, we're not going to solve that problem today. What you can be responsible for, particularly as white women, particularly as, you know, white women that I would say we are on the same level, we're professionals, et cetera, et cetera, is you too have to do your own internal excavation about the benefits that you've had as a white woman. Own it. It's cool, own it. Because if we talk about things like affirmative action and diversity, et cetera, et cetera, it's white women that benefit, right? Um, So as a lawyer you know, when they say diversity in the ranks at law firms, what they're talking about is white women. So just own the benefits of your white womanness, Okay. So we need to start there because they, the, the interactions that I have with other white women, particularly related to this subject is we want to be your allies. We're here to support you. I said, hold on before you can help and support me and be a true ally. I need you to do your own internal work right? About the benefits that you've received. And after you've done that internal excavation, what are you doing in your own, before you come to me, before you come to me, what are you doing in your own circle to improve issues related to diversity and inclusion, right? So again, I'm going to keep it from the lawyer perspective. So if you are a female partner at a law firm, and you've been a female partner at a law firm for a period of time. Have you looked around to see, well, are there other black partners at my firm? And if you've never asked yourself that question, you have to tell yourself, well, why have I never asked that question? Why do we have no black partners? Why is it today you started to ask that question? Is it because of George Floyd? So, and if that's the case, the only reason you're now asking the question about why there are no black partners then you yourself have not done that internal work. So I don't want to start having that conversation about allyship until you've done your own inner excavation. And you can map it on. I'm using lawyers because that's what I know. Map it onto anything, right? So if you're part of a social group, a woman's professional network, you're part of a community organizing, et cetera, et cetera. Are there black people or other diverse people in those groups? Are you only now asking the question, why? Wait, hold on. We're just a bunch of white women. Like, so if that's the case, you yourself have a lot of work to do. So you cannot be my ally until you have also done your work because then I can believe it. Then I know in your heart, you're truly committed. That in is the problem, right? It's a, there's not a level of commitment truly in your heart. I need to know it's from your heart. And I only know it's from your heart if you too have done your own work.
0: I think back in you're saying this about looking in into your own self and the people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. I've been friends with my my group of friends. There's about 15 of us. We've been friends for oh my gosh, now I'm and, and I'm saying that part of like 15 years. We're getting to the part where we're saying these double-digit nice. years. No. And one of the things that I love about my group is we come from a complete diverse background. There's, you know. I have women, I have friends that are in, and we are we are tight-knit. I mean, we get together for every birthday. We get together multiple times through the month. When we lived in California, we have now dispersed. But um, we have one woman that was uh that is Persian, one's from El Salvador, one is from Colombia. Um, then there are people just in our group, it's just different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different upbringings, people that have grown up in And going to private schools her whole life and and women you who know, grew up as a you know I was raised by a single mom and shopped at thrift stores growing up my, most of my clothes were on layaway and so it's not and you look at you're only stronger as a person when you surround yourself with diversity and when you you get to understand different cultural backgrounds there's nothing more than I love and going into an area, wherever it is in the world and immersing yourself in the culture, not just going and looking at this, the site stuff, but like really understanding the culture and the heart of it. Absolutely. Um, And I know that there's probably people out there and I'm, I'm just going to be very honest about this that are saying, well, this, this privilege thing Um, I don't, you know, they may or may not agree with it, but let's, let's just get to the straight facts here. There are studies out there that show, even if you are, pretty and I will you know I find myself to be and I'm confident to say I find myself to be an attractive woman and there's just a reality of being an attractive woman that you get advancements in your career there's just a reality to that and if we're not gonna admit that we're gonna we're gonna say it here absolutely so you know to know that there's not only the you know to be a woman that is a beautiful woman who's also white there's just more opportunity there's there is more, we do have more opportunity in the sense of, we all have the same opportunity, but I would say that there's more, um, I'm trying to think of the, the word that I want to use here is there's not as many stereotypes surrounding a beautiful white woman mm-hmm. and, you know, accelerating in their career and, and being hired. Let's put it that way, being hired.
1: Danielle, I'm just glad you're speaking the truth. Okay. Cause it yeah, is what oh. it is. Cause I've
0: experienced
1: it. Right. I'm like, really?
0: Okay. Okay. And there's uh, judgments in all around. I remember I was interviewing somebody to be on my team and we're in this aesthetic world. And I remember somebody looking over me and this woman that I was interviewing was a little bit heavier set. And I remember her, the person interviewing with me said, well, do you think that she's gonna be a good fit in aesthetics? Mm-hmm. And I was like, What? What do you mean by that? And she's like, Well, you know, she's not as this thin. I'm going, Are you kidding me? Like, I that no, she's a rock star. Mm-hmm. She's she's knowledgeable, she's strong, she's confident, she's gonna add value. She's I see her as being like the best candidate for the job. No matter what she looks like, it's because of her. But those stereotypes exist. Okay in all areas, just by the way that we look. I mean, when you look at judgments and perceptions, they say there's statistics that show a man will look at somebody and make an assessment about them within 10 seconds. Absolutely. With women, it's under seven seconds. We're more judgmental.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, none of what you're saying surprises me. Um, I'm just glad that you're owning it because I could be sitting in a in a room with a different set of white women and they'll tell you, no, it's all about their, you know, academic and credentials, et cetera, et cetera. And we just know that's not the case, right? So there is a level of grace that is um, granted to white women. And that's been since time immemorial that me as a black woman and a, a, a dark skinned black woman, I'm just not granted. Um, and that's okay, right? But everyone just needs to own that, right? Um, and, uh, I'm just glad you're like one of the first white women I've ever heard verbalize that, um, mm. which is actually quite refreshing. So let your people know
0: <laughs> it's, the, it's the truth. Right? Yeah, it, it is. It is. The truth. I mean, there, there's just a reality to it. And I think the challenge is coming from a, co- coming from a corporate environment is we're scared to have these conversations. Yeah. Very scared to have these conversations because what if I say one thing, I remember there is one thing that I said and somebody brought to my attention, like Danielle, that might be considered racist. And I was going, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Intentions were there, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea. And until we have these open, honest conversations, we're never going to move forward. We're going to continue to be where we're at.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, and it's an uncomfortable conversation, right? Because it, it's, we, we are bringing to the table just a lot of um, unspoken things that have been in the ether forever. Um, and again, calling people to look at themselves, all of us, me, you, all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know myself too, I, the things that I need to work on is all, you know, Already having a preconceived notion of how people are going to treat me, right? Um, because of my blackness, because of my past experiences, right? So I sometimes have to um, deconstruct. Okay, no, he didn't do that just because I was black. He did that because I was rude to him, right?
0: Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can relate on this sense of the the per- the perception of because I'm a blonde woman, I must be dumb, right? Or You're you right. know, not as educated, right. or not as smart, or not as successful. You know, it's that constant oh, well, you are successful. So what does your husband do?
1: Right, 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 right. So yeah, we were all doing those dances and analysis. Well, I'll say some of us are if all of us were doing that analysis, um, I think we would be much further along, right? Uh, Because it it goes back to where we started this conversation regarding like inner reflection, um, Mm -hmm. self-awareness, just knowing yourself, right? Um, And where you are in that journey. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining today and being so open and authentic and letting us have a conversation that I know a lot of people out there want to have, but doesn't, doesn't necessarily know how to approach it. Or there's that fear of, will they say the wrong thing. And you've been so gracious in letting us have this conversation. And I appreciate it. And for those of you that are listening, her TEDx talk, phenomenal. I will include it in the show notes. She dives a little bit deeper into this, um, talking about the pretzeling and, and, you know, in more detail. So I invite you to watch it. It's incredible. And thank you for joining. Thank you. So so those of you that are listening, thank you for tuning in. I invite you to share this episode with your friends, your families, your peers. It's such a powerful message. Share it. And of course, if you in, post it on social media, tag me in it. I'd be happy to send you some resources on how to advance your career, how to create balance in your life. And of course, if you write a review, always appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in and create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you. Family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit DanielleCobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.